everyone, and welcome to Anyone Can Move, a wonderful podcast that highlights a triad of three choreographers who reveal movement by exposing the science, philosophy, theory, art, and language. If you haven't guessed it already, my name is James Boyd. I'm your host. I believe anyone can move when movement cultivation is led by science and philosophy. And of course, I cannot do this alone. I mentioned triad. So what's the other point? Who's the other point? Our co-host, wonderful choreographer, Katie Fleming. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Katie actually says anyone can move where dance connects movement to understand the human being. Ooh. (laughs) Last but nowhere near least, we have the wonderful choreographer, Katie Breland. Hello. And Katie, uh, uh, she she actually uh, uh, says this all the time, but she wants you listeners to know that anyone can move allows conversation to expand curiosity. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is Anyone Can Move. We are back. Uh, Here on Anyone Can Move, this podcast, we actually tried to provide uh, a privilege to different artists. And the wonderful uh, instrumental you just heard was created, cultivated, by the amazing Jameson Ross. He's a good friend of our, good dear friend of ours, and uh, just so talented. Um, Find him anywhere you can find music. That's how talented he is. (laughs) Wonderful. So everyone, welcome to Anyone Can Move. And today's very exciting because we are going to have a conversation with the international sensation, Joseph Gotti, Mm -hmm. right? By international sensation, I must tell you that in my opinion and 8 billion people's opinion around the world... (laughs) He is, without a doubt, one of the best male dancers on stage, if you can find him, moving, grooving as an athlete today. He is the founder of a brand new ballet company located in Orlando, Florida, titled United Ballet Theater. And and this company is attractive because it's where dancers are athletes and treated as such, and their athleticism defined by dance. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Joseph Gotti. Everybody. <laughs> First, yeah, with just just this just to point out, you know, wouldn't UBT wouldn't be where it is today without your help, bro. So I really appreciate that, man. Oh my God. Man, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, <laughs> Joey, we go way back, right? To, yeah. I guess I'm proving proving that by saying Joey. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, but we go way back, and, and when we met, we just realized that, our, you know, we, we connected because we're just hyper-athletic dancers, but you are on a whole nother level, and I, I'm excited to just pick your brain, and I just actually want to start off with that. You being yeah. just the best dancer, my gosh, uh, and of course, that's in my opinion, but anyone can watch you, <laughs> and then... So that said, you have this high energy and God-like motivating skill. So I'm curious, one, 
please share some of your accomplishments. And then two, who motivates you to achieve these groundbreaking accomplishments? Twofold. Mm-hmm. So some some of my accomplishments um, was back in, it started in 2000 and 2003, actually, when I, I won the Youth American Grand Prix in New York. It's a big competition for, for students, ballet competition. Um, I received a scholarship to the Royal Ballet School in London. So I went there and it was just an amazing experience. It's the first time being away, obviously, you know, from home. I was 18, 17, and um, I graduated from there. I, I also have won uh, awards at the gold medal at the New York International Ballet Competition. I was the first male dancer to win that. Uh, uh, bronze medal in the USAIBC. It's a great competition. Just great dancers, obviously. Um, two awards in, in Russia, the Dance Open Festival in Russia, uh, Mr. Virtuosity, and then the, the following year, Best Pas de Deux, mm-hmm. uh, with another amazing ballerina, Yana Salenko. Um, and that's that's where I met you actually right. in the Grand Open Festival. Yeah, so fun, man. Um, I've won a, a, a silver medal, silver medal in Seoul International Ballet Competition in Korea, um, Istanbul. I won the bronze medal in Istanbul. So just a lot of different medals, um, um, accomplishments, awards in in Puerto Rico for performing a full length ballet by the um, the mayor there. So that that was really an honor. Um, I was nominated for Best Male Dancer at the Benoit de la Dance in, back in 2006, um, which is a really great, you know, it's, it, they say it's like the Oscars of ballet. Mm-hmm. So I'm honored just to be, yeah, to be, have been there and been nominated that. Um, yeah, it's just, it's been just a, a whirl, a whirlpool of different, different places I've experienced. I'm really grateful to have experienced. Um, I worked in Spain for two years. Uh, that was, that was amazing. So. Yeah, yeah, now I'm back in Orlando, yeah. back in my, where it all started for me. Started full circle. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and we have to mention that you're still ticking, you're still performing, right? Yeah, I'm still performing. <laughs> Artistic director of a brand new ballet company and then still, you know, showing, showing all the, all the people how it's done. That's right. Yeah. So, so you're, you're driven. And, and we know that drive is important. Those who, um, you know, aspire to be something, drive is important. So, so is it someone that motivates you? Is it a belief that motivates you? What, what's your motivation? I think it's, I think it's all of those. Exactly what you just said, bro. Um, you know, there's so many dancers out there, even just, and, and, and I, I'm, I feel like I can learn from any dancer, at least something, something from every single dancer out there. Um, but also the, the experiences I've had working with professional ballet companies, but also being able to freelance is kind of the idea of why I molded this company together in terms of the unorthodox way of training that we do at United Ballet Theater. And that that gives me the drive to not only prove to myself, but to the world of dance that this regimen that we, we've created for United Ballet Theater mm-hmm. can help dancers dance much longer than they have been in professional ballet companies today. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one of the drives I have too. I, I, not just because I love it. And when you love something, you obviously don't want it to go or end. Right. So, but I'm not naive, you know, at a point when I'm in the mirror and I see myself and I'm like, that's not good anymore. <laughs> I'm going to stop. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, I think I'm pretty at a pretty good level. So I want to continue that as long as I can and, and strive to show the world that, you know, our way of training can promote stronger, healthier 
and longer careers in dance. Nice. Wow. I would love for you to, I follow UBT on, on social media and I oh, really just, <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, of course. And I was watching one of the videos that sort of dived into like the way that you guys train. And I would love for you to just kind of talk about the unconventional method because from what I've seen, it's just incredible. Thank you. Yeah. Um, we, we basically, I, I've, you know, I've always said this to people. It's like, you know, if you go to the gym and from Monday through Friday, you, you just do squats or you just work your biceps, your muscles are never going to heal properly. And the same thing that I come you, it's the same vicious cycle that happens in every professional light company. Cause I think it's worked for so many years to a certain point, especially in terms of the business, obviously. So that's when it can get tricky. Um, but not so much for the dancers. So it's, you know, you wake up, you take class, you learn choreography, you do rehearsals and run throughs, then mm. you perform, then you get injured and it happens so often, but it's just, it's not talked about mm. as much, you know, except if you're a dancer and it happens to you, then it's up to you if you want to talk about that, you know, the public. But, um, so I, I decided to create something that has infused my experience with professional ballet companies, but also freelancing. Mm. So, I, when I started freelancing, I started to realize, obviously, I have more time on my hands to do not just rehearsal, but to do certain things that help myself that I've learned from doctors of physical therapy from top companies like Boston Ballet and American Ballet Theater, even when I was at the Royal Ballet School. So I've been able to do things like swimming and Pilates and conditioning work on top of, you know, having a balanced schedule of rehearsals, not just five hours a day of rehearsals. So I incorporate that into my company. So we have certain days that are a little bit more intense than others. So we have ballet class every single day, Monday through Friday, but Tuesdays and Thursdays are the Gaddy method days. So those are the days that we have more of an intense class in terms of cardio. Mm -hmm. So I try and not stop as much. Combinations are a bit longer. We do a lot more in releve to keep our calves and ankles much more strong and stable. But then we do less rehearsals and we, we concentrate more on cross-training, conditioning, Pilates. We bring in guest personal trainers to work with our dancers, guest doctors of physical therapy to help treat some of our dancers and help them uh, be educated in terms of how they can take care of their bodies better. So those are Tuesdays and Thursdays. So they have those days, even even when it comes to point shoes, the dancers have those days too, if they are beat up and they want to be able to take the women, be able to take their point shoes off, they can, they can do that. Mm-hmm. And also, I believe, you know, communication is so important, too, when you're in a ballet company, because, I mean, I'm sure you guys know just so many times and I've experienced mm-hmm. this and so many other dancers where they're, they're afraid to mm-hmm. tell their boss if something's bothering them. So I make that very clear to my dancers, like, please communicate. I come up to them as well, asking how they're doing today, how they're feeling. So it gets them more comfortable in letting me know if something's bothering them, and then I can guide them to where they need to go refer them to somebody or help them if I can. So it's just a very different way of training. So it's not just being able to do cross training and all that stuff after your long day of work. We we incorporate that in the day Mm. instead of just about rehearsals. So, and it's been helping a lot. It's the dancers. So I'm really, really fortunate that it's been working well, not just for myself, but for, for my dancers. Um, What kind of inspired you to like, um incorporate all of the cross training in your company like was there is like a specific experience that you had that you were like this is really important and this needs to be in like company life like what was that yeah i mean that's such a good 
question, and, and I think it's just um, a few different points, actually. One point is that, you know, to be honest, I'm, I'm, a, huge, I'm a huge sports fan. So I you see how these athletes train and how they don't, they don't, we do a dress rehearsal full out the day before our performance. You don't have them doing a full scrimmage before their game on Sunday in the NFL. The same thing in hockey or, or in, in European soccer, anything like that. So why do we have to be pounding on our body every single day? You know, on that, on top of having the experience of just myself being injured so much, seeing dancers retire at 30 or younger in front of me, some of my close friends really like open eyes like to see like things need to change because I saw firsthand on how they 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 over rehearse dancers and, and you know they look at the time and oh we still have five minutes let's just let's just do another run through you know mm, and it yeah. just beat up people beat up a lot of dancers and I felt there's a better way to do that and even talking when I would when I was injured just asking questions to the the wonderful doctors of physical therapy that I was able to, you know, work with and be treated by, and I learned a lot from them too. And they, they, they would talk about this idea too with me, and I, I, you know, they would agree with me. Like that's so wonderful if you could make that happen in a company. Yeah. So I think all of those experiences made me, you know. So it's kind of a lot of complaining too. <laughs> I would complain. People dancers would complain to me. I'm so tired. I'm, I've rehearsed this so much and. Because I think it gets to a point when you're over rehearsed, it's not just physically, but mentally too. Mm. You don't have that same passion and drive that you did the first few weeks or even a month into it if you've rehearsed it for two or three months. Mm. It's not the same. Right. So I think all of those things really, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and, and, and kudos hat off to you for this COVID. And realizing, and then at the same time, doing something about it. You know, what am I going to do in taking a right um, parallel to your professional career and doing something else yeah. that attaches to it that that either produces just as much energy or more. Yeah, exactly. So uh, now I kind of want to uh, not necessarily uh, flip a cap, if you will. <laughs> But I, I, I want to I want to talk about something fun, right? So, bro, <laughs> right? <laughs> really fun, really. I hope we hope we were smiles here. But when you watch Joseph throughout all of the different videos that have you know whatever hundred thousand views, but when you watch something that's phenomenal and your jaw will just drop as an athletic defier of physics, it seems. You, Joseph, you can just rotate. You, yes. you have this centrifugal force like a tornado, and we're used to tornadoes, some of us, but the tornado never stopped. You stop on Demi Point like you're in control over space and time and weight. And as choreographers, we, 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 we attempt to control that. But you, mm. as a dancer, and I love that, so here's my question. Are you open to sharing with everyone listening and to the three of us, the triad, kind of the mechanics of a pirouette. Like, what, what is Joseph Gotti thinking about? You know, is it you have to see something 10 times? Are you counting in your head right before anticipation? All right, 10 rotation. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally, like, what? Oh. What's going on? 
around twice, maybe. <laughs> no, it's it's really a good question. It's it's it might be a little confusing, maybe. But I mean, I think sometimes I I feel like I'm thinking of something different every day because we're all human and it never works the same every day. So, but I trust those things that have worked for me. So maybe that's not feeling right today. So I concentrate on something else. So obviously, you know, a nice plie before. <laughs> but a lot of, um, I've had teachers actually, I don't know if you've heard, but there's been a teacher online that, I'm not gonna say who, but it's really, I just don't agree. And so many other people don't either. And I just was shocked when I heard it because, because then you have young dancers who are learning this and I'm like, whoa. I had to I had to say something in the most professional way, obviously. Uh, just but he the person was saying that you don't open when you're when you're in position like this. You don't you don't open your front arm. You just you just turn. And I always teach to my dancers. You know it's so important to get some force by opening that front arm so it levels out your arm that's already to the side, and it's momentum. So it's not just your arm but your back too. So like being able to use that force of that front arm and using the back the side of the, the, the you know those intrinsic muscles too help that rotation it's like a torque you need before you start your turn mm-hmm. and then it's it's a lot of different things i mean getting to the position i always can i always bug my dancers you shouldn't be in that posse and releve right when you take off when you're completely you know if you're fighting it then 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 you can lose that that balance and that access that you're supposed to have you know your center balance so you know, getting to that possibility so quick and then trusting your spot, trusting you have to have your own rhythm. People forget that, especially I see dancers when there's mirrors are great, but sometimes they're actually looking in the mirror as they're turning and they lose their rhythm of their spot because they're almost looking at their position. So they're not bringing their head around quick enough because it should be head body, not head and then body. And people always forget that because it's the heaviest part of our body. So if it's like, late it's going to ruin your whole turn so it's a lot of things i think about in terms of the mechanics the fundamentals but also that dynamic spot and then what you said james like i just i always tell my dancers like once you're turning and this takes calf obviously you know calf strength too and obviously balance and where you know your your um, awareness but right at the end of the turn as you slow down you push that relevate digging into the floor even more you just say i'm not going to stop and i'm going to finish on balance i don't care even if i slow down to the last second so i'm i'm almost i feel like i'm drilling my my supporting leg and they're high relative down into the floor until the last second until i get a cramp and then cramp in my calf so (laughs) (laughs) i did i did the other day and i was like man i'm getting old I was like, I try to dehydrated because you know the masks and everything. Oh my god, it's different, so different. So I, I, yeah, I got a cramp. I was like, oof, I need to slow down. <laughs> what is that like, actually? Like, in your day to day, like just doing classes, and then also like if you're preparing for any type of performances right now. I don't know if you are or not, but like, what is that like doing that with the mask on and everything? Yes, that's that's a great point. But we um we're this whole month we've been doing maintenance classes because everyone has been on different levels and coming from different states and even countries. Um, some of them have come before you know they close the border, so we have a couple mm-hmm. foreign dancers, which is great. But um, we've been just doing maintenance classes Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we actually start our season, which is Monday through Fridays, um, Monday, 
So oh, okay. everyone was just starting up. So we've been just doing a two-hour ballet class every day, uh, mm-hmm. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Mm-hmm. That's all we've been doing. So no rehearsals, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's been, it's been you know, it's, it's difficult. Um, you know, I just tell everyone just to be mindful and, you know, if you need to bring it down for a second or breathe, just breathe down, you know, or you have, make sure you, you have your, your space. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is definitely because I've heard different things, you know, I've heard it's very unsafe with masks for your lungs, especially mm-hmm. as an athlete, if you're wearing them and you're, and we, I mean, James, you know, the studio room, we sweat a lot. So I changed my mask. I had three different masks. I changed in one class in two hours because they're just drenched. Once they get wet, they start sucking in your mouth. So you're not even breathing in air oh. because it's wet. So I have to t- change it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, so I'm taking class and I'm teaching usually unless I bring in a guest teacher. So that, that's another thing. So I'm constantly talking like I am now. <laughs> so it's all of that. Um, you know, we're just trying to follow the guidelines and, keep, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, I think that's what it is. You know, that's what's important. You know, if it's because people have different opinions and I always say, you know, it's better to try any something than nothing, mm-hmm. especially if you have elderly and family. And that's one thing I have here, so I make sure everyone has to wear them. And, yeah, if they need to, they step out of the studio, you know. And then once we start rehearsals, if there's any people who are doing solos, they can take them off while everyone else is wearing the mask, just to make it a little bit more um, free for those things. And there is a solo involved. Mm. So I'm thinking of doing that. Socks <laughs> the best. Um but yeah, hopefully, you know, at some point, everything will be back to normal. Yeah. You know, I, I, I believe it will be for sure, you know, but um, it is difficult for sure with the masks. <laughs> I can't yeah. imagine. Yeah. Are you guys rehearsing? Are you going to begin rehearsals for a performance or a show in the future, the near future? Yeah, actually, um, so... Last year, as James, James, as you know, too, we danced on a beautiful outside stage mm-hmm. called Lake Eola Amphitheater here in Orlando. It's really beautiful. We wanted to do that again, especially to promote what we're all about, UBT safety. So we thought, you know, an outdoor stage would be great, 50% capacity, breathing fresh air, not inside a theater. But the city of Orlando has been stalling it, mm-hmm. the confirmation for us for Lake Eola. So I decided to do the first show, which was going to be in October virtually. So we're going to have a lot of different professional uh, videographers come in different angles with costumes. And we're going to be able to promote that on our website and be donation based Mm. for now. So people can still view us as doing a a real, you know, performance with costumes. And we're actually trying to get uh, at the moment, actually, uh, theater, a theater rental for without, you know, an audience, but to be able to just Mm. film it on stage would be would be amazing, Mm. you know, be yeah. a great great experience so we're p- planning to do that in october february we, we're, we've tried to confirm for the same theater like yola um again if it doesn't happen we'll do virtually and then we have they have re they have postponed our last may show because of covid to this mm-hmm. upcoming may at the bob Carr. Mm-hmm. so hopefully that will still be at the bob Carr. that that's the theater where i started dancing when i was 10 mm-hmm. it's 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 old school but i love it yeah so hopefully we'll still be able to have that but some companies are done. Like 
Joffrey's Joffrey Ballet, their season's done. A lot of them are planning to start in December. So I'm really grateful that we're still able to do something. Yes. And I wasn't expecting this amount of dancers either, like because of COVID, but we have a really, we have more dancers this year and a higher level. So I'm really grateful for that. Mm. Yeah. And um, so Joseph, with uh, this season pre-planned, mm -hmm. and of course the unknown with COVID and everything like that. Do you have any plans or, or any gigs in the in, in the next couple of months or in the future? Are you going to be dancing somewhere other than Orlando? I I hope. I mean, think about that. Yeah, a lot of, you know, there's not, you know, there's more professional dancers and companies than freelance. Um, but for myself and the few freelance dancers I know, I mean, it's very difficult because nobody is doing performances. But it's so funny. Um, the end of July, I got a, I got a, I got asked to do a gig um, at Yellowstone. So I guess it's not it's not high risk there. And they they were actually doing it on an outdoor theater, but I yeah, but I couldn't I couldn't go I couldn't go. It was gonna be, um, it was it was actually mid August, so it wasn't too long ago that it happened. But I was surprised. I was like, somebody's still doing you know putting on a gala. You know, so I'm hoping, you know, hopefully people will start doing galas again, even if it's 50% capacity, right. but I know, yeah, so I, I hope so, mm. but you know, it gives me more time to focus on UBT, Yeah, you know, which is good, but yeah, I want to get back on stage. <laughs> I, I think yeah. it's so incredible to have, you know, still be a performer and then also directing a company. So what have you learned uh. that has helped you as a performer? in directing like what has that been like um yeah it's it's a whole different world really you know to be honest i i think i'm really thankful to have worked in spain with anjo corella he was mm -hmm. he's the director artistic director of pennsylvania ballet now mm -hmm. but i went with him to spain because he started his own company from scratch wow. so and that's usually something, you know, I, I don't think a dancer really witnesses. So I was very fortunate to witness that. And it was, you know, a real family business. So it was, you could tell, you know, I was, the dancers were right there with them when there were arguments and things like that and money issues and when the government stopped supporting, you know, so it was a lot of different things. But I think I learned a lot in terms of that. And, you know, I've, every day here in Orlando, whether it's, you know, James, you know, grant writing or, or seeking board members or, you know, writing to dancers and when dancers have issues that it, you become not just a director, but somebody to listen to and try and guide, you know, and a, a leader and, and, and all of that stuff, negotiating with theaters and things like that. I never thought I'd be doing. <laughs> so it's, it's definitely a learning experience, but um, yeah, I, I love it. And, and it's, it's, it's a lot, but I'm, I'm really, you know, focused and hungry to just help this company become one of the most respected mm -hmm. uh, ballet companies in the world. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's really different. <laughs> and then dancing, you know, being a dancer too, still. So there's certain days I'm like, maybe I shouldn't take class today and just really focus on them because I'm giving corrections as I'm taking class mm -hmm. and I'm trying to give general corrections. And then if I go across the floor, then I watch everybody else. So I'm just trying to, mm -hmm. it's different obviously, because you're not really focusing on yourself because when I, in a guest I can tell that I'm really focused on I, on myself dancing and so I try and really make keep that a clean balance mm. you know so yeah <laughs> well I I mean so okay <laughs> okay now now th this is another another like you know big, and hopefully you're open to this but um 
I, I believe, uh, you know, we, we should, we, we, we the human, yeah. should, should aim to leave some type of footprint. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that footprint, meaning, you know, toward the end of your sentence, let's say, you know, right before, like, what's that period look like? What's the footprint? What do you want to leave behind that will also inspire and motivate uh, those coming up and inspired by you? Yeah, bro. I mean, that that's a great question, too. Like, I've had somebody who, I, you know, I've always, this always stuck with me when he told me, like, really great dancer who said, you know, at the end of the, at the end of the day, when you stop dancing, they're not gonna, they're not gonna remember you as a dancer, they're gonna remember you as a person. So I, I want people to remember me, not, you know, obviously as a dancer, but more importantly, as a person and the leadership and the care and understanding I brought to dancers, to professional dancers and how I incorporated that into my company and that I hope others can continue on a path like that for, you know, as a director or as a teacher, as a coach, where, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, you make, you work them hard, but you, you listen to them and you're, you're caring towards them and you give them all the, the information that you have. You're never trying to hold back, which I've seen happen with teachers. And I just, I don't get it. I mean, I kind of, I have, you know, ideas why, but <laughs> you know, it's so many different, but I really hope, you know, um, that, yeah, I'd be remembered in that way for sure. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. I think you're going to be remembered in that way and, and, and more. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, let this be known. I'm claiming, you know, Joseph Gotti, he's going to be two things of the same word, a living legend and uh, then legend. It, mark my words. The nice, piece, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, well, 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 Joey, I have to say thank you. What a pleasure, man. Take it your day and coming on and 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 kind of being well not kind of being a leader um and would you say you believe that anyone can move if they have kind of your mindset of leadership yeah (laughs) Yeah, man (laughs) yeah everybody dances at some point right everybody i I think it's their bodies whether you you score a touchdown and you do a touchdown dance whether you're out partying whether you're Dancing is like the 